0: This show contains strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit MyGayAgendaPodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of suicide, heteronormativity in society, mention of police, including police brutality in the prison industry, and mention of anti-native actions in the United States. It also contains discussion about the LGBTQIA community. But you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday I have a night class. Friday we continue to be gay. Hello,
1: and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and
0: plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co conspirators in trying to figure out what it is that cishead people think it is we're doing. Oh, but CJ, what's on the by schedule today? It truly is a by schedule. We're talking with Taylor, and then we're going to play a game, as is our want.
2: Hell yeah. Woo. Yeah. I'm super excited for this game. Um, So (laughs) uh, I'm a game designer and I've been designing like tabletop, weird queer tabletop games for like five years now. So anytime someone's like, we're going to play a game on this show, I'm like, yes, let's get in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, every time we have a tabletop person on the show, I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, no, the pressure (laughs) is on.
2: (laughs) Listen, here. okay. so here's my secret. There's no such thing as a bad game. There's only like good and bad don't mean anything. So, like, any, you know, any sort of qualitative statements about games, I just chuck out the window. I'm here for this game. I don't know what it is yet. We haven't played it yet, but I'm here for it.
0: Bless. You're, you're bringing that uh, <laughs> ego energy from Ratatouille where he's like, oh, sometimes <laughs> the things that mean the most to us are junk.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I You got to lean into that energy because, like, someone, someone look, because... The flip side of that coin is is also saying that all tabletop games are also trash. Like there is there isn't a good one out there. Um, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is yes and no. Yeah. TBH, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but like that doesn't mean that that you shouldn't have fun or that you shouldn't like make that a big part of your life. And uh, like I think that's jumping into maybe a thing that I think is huge about my queer identity is like just leaning whole hog into like the things that make me me and Mm. celebrating that like oh yeah I fucking love being queer it's my one of my favorite things about myself um and it, it brings me so much joy like every day and like being with other queer people and seeing their joy for their queerness and like just just the love for existence that exists in the queer community. And, like, don't get me wrong. Again, like, there's two sides to every coin. Like, there is a lot of toxicity in queer spaces, as there is in every space. But, like, yes, I think being queer is something that is unique in, in my experience to no other. Like, there's no other part of my existence that, that has the kind of love that I have for myself that comes from being queer.
0: Hell yeah. Oh, yes. we've We've talked, like, a couple <laughs> of times where, like there's a certain point in embracing your queer identity where you realize you get to do all the cool shit you wanted to do before but you're like oh i'm not supposed to do that it's like hell yeah now like all of literally all of my makeup is glitter now because i'm like fuck you (laughs) no rules no rules hell yeah but and also as a person who saw the movie cats in theaters Five times I am absolutely on the just because something is bad doesn't mean it's not enjoyable train. Uh
2: huh. Uh huh. <laughs> five is five is respectable. That's so good.
0: Um, One I, was a midnight rowdy screening, and I dressed oh, as Mister Mistopheles. Like, glorious. I, I it was the week before the pandemic really hit the United States, and I really do feel like I caused it somehow. Oh, good, good, <laughs> good, good. good, good. <laughs>
2: cats 2019 is one of my favorite movies period like out of every any movie that has ever existed i love cats 2019 um the day that it dropped like i had pre-ordered the dvd blu-ray digital combo edition yes like yes 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 yes, yes. same like (laughs) digital watch parties we've done um i i've made a point we have three cats now Two of them have not seen Cats 2019, so they're overdue for a screening. Oh
0: my gosh! The first day I showed uh, "Pancake the Cat," Cats was a real uh, was sort of like a bat mitzvah for her. Mm -hmm. The
1: cats who haven't seen it yet are too busy contemplating the thought of the thought of the thought of their name.
0: (laughs) Uh, Gosh!
2: Good, extremely powerful.
0: (laughs) Just pure pure chaos energy. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about you, Taylor.
2: Yeah, so I like I mentioned I am a game designer. I have been writing weird queer tabletop for 5 years. Uh I do it under the brand Riverhouse Games. And really that is the design goal. Like the the things that we've been talking about is what I want to make tabletop uh games is is just weird and queer and uh indulgent and in the moment games. Um so uh, the game that I will point everyone at, uh, so while while you're listening to this episode, please go to riverhousegames.h.io uh, and grab a copy of This is a Game About Fishing, which is my queer eco-punk game uh, about a bunch of youths uh, who are bashing back against the billionaires who killed the world. Um, it's a, a game yeah. about... Yeah! <laughs> uh, it, I, I like to... Say it's like doing a sick kickflip over a curb, but instead of uh, a kickflip, you're doing crime, and instead of a skateboard, it's uh, shad wrap, and instead of a curb, it's the destruction of ecological systems under capitalism. Uh, And also, you're gay. (laughs) So yes. yeah, yes. Uh, I also have thirty plus other games that you can find all at that same link, um, and you can go and grab them.
0: Amazing! You you've been designing left and right. Yeah. Oh, golly. <laughs> um,
2: and that's like the thing too is like tabletop games don't have to be these like hundreds page long hardcover editions, and mm. you don't have to pay. You don't have to play like twenty you know sessions of them to to have a worthwhile experience. And so mm. a lot of these games. Um, are are smaller, like they're under 30, 40 pages. Some of them, uh, you know, fit on a business card. I have one, (laughs) I have a game called Consider the Spoon, which is about having a panic attack in a museum when you think about how old a wooden spoon is. Because like things like 3,000 years doesn't mean anything.
0: (laughs) Relatable (laughs) Um, content, oh no. Yeah. Ouch, Uh, my bones.
2: (laughs) Like, I bet that fucker stirred a lot of soup you know
0: yeah. <laughs> and i yelled that at the museum and <laughs> you kicked me out yeah.
2: um so like those are tabletop games they don't have to be all i roll a d20 to hit an orc although sometimes that's fun too hmm. um yeah yeah uh and i also uh i run a podcast so please finish listening to this episode of my, my gay agenda Uh, But then go check out Game Closet, which is an informal chat show with queer and LGBT plus folks in the tabletop RPG space. Right. Yeah, I get to talk to, uh, you know, other queer folks who are making other queer games. Um, And that's been really rewarding.
0: Yeah, if, if doing this podcast, which is not necessarily aligned with the, like, tabletop or RPG community not in not. any way, has taught me anything, is that there's a lot of queer people in the mm-hmm. tabletop RPG community. There is a and number they all of come them. come on the show, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not not aligned at this point. <laughs> it's, it, it's like we're aligned by association, you know? Like, we are not ourselves a TTRPG podcast. hmm but we sure have a lot of TTRPG people. <laughs> yeah. And
2: it's at that point, like, you got to start thinking about, like, well, why is there this this overlap? Like, every vi- Venn diagram has a reason for existing. And so, mm-hmm. like, seeing, okay, hey, here's this large amount of people. Like, wow, isn't it weird that there's a lot of queer tabletop RPG designers? Um, and maybe yeah. my biased opinion is that because tabletop role-playing games is an inherently queer medium. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe that's a longer conversation than we have for this podcast recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I li- there's no time limit. Yeah. I'll fucking talk about <laughs> it. My like one of my first experiences grappling with like the concept of not being a man or a woman was playing the game Fiasco mm-hmm. and creating my character. Mm-hmm. I literally spent the entire round with a cha- playing a character named Jamie, and for the life of me, I could not determine this character's gender. And I just sat there for like two hours being like. Not boy, not girl. But I didn't know what that meant, so I just sat there looking at Jamie forever. (laughs) Hell
2: yeah, that whips. Like that,
0: that that, that—that's the exact space to do that. It's the exact space for making those discoveries and like experimenting with like how you interact with gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Theater and tabletop—it's like, why are
1: there so many queer people here? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Exploration, role play, escapism. No, no, Not, yeah. no idea.
2: <laughs> and well, and I'll put my queer theory hat on it, and like, if we think about imagining futures and imagining fantasies, like that is something that's inherent to both the queer experience and also the act of like the the tabletop RPG as an artistic medium mm. is saying. Mm-hmm you know, if we are to create an idealized self, which we're doing when we create a character, versus when we create, you know, in our minds as we process our queer thoughts, um, because one of the the shared experiences that we have as queer people growing up in a, a heteronormative society is that we are assumed to be straight, usually assumed to be straight before we are allowed to be queer. Like we have to create ourselves in our minds and in our, in our perceptions of ourselves. Um, and I, I think that both of those acts are, in, are an extremely creative process, and I'm always, always, I'm almost always like enthusiastic to see the results of those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Taylor, lead us on your queer journey.
2: Hell yeah! Uh, so like, I, like I said, I grew up in a heteronormative society. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of, you know, we, we I'm really. Hmm. Keep me stumbling over my words here because I think it's important that, like, I don't have a ready answer to this. But, like, I'm, I'm trying to describe the experience that I am seeing now as someone who came out when, you know, in his 20s of seeing a wash of young people coming out early. Mm, and, mm. like, being really, really, uh, like, buoyed. My spirit is buoyed and lifted seeing that phenomenon. Um, but I grew up in the 90s uh, in Minnesota Uh, which, um, our school system was the first where, um, and this is, you know, I'll, I'll have a content warning here for suicide was one of the first school districts where a lot of queer youths were, you know, taking their own lives and, and dying by suicide and really facing the bullying that came with, uh, being queer. And I, you know, I personally did not lose anyone who I knew, but I knew people who did Mm. like, I knew people Mm -hmm. who lost best friends or like family members. Um, and it, it, was something that was really like, a, the closet was oppressive. Um, and you know, I, I am young enough that I do not have a connection necessarily to, um, you know, the, the widespread, uh, you know, death of AIDS and HIV in the eighties, um, you know, which still is around, uh, AIDS and HIV is an ongoing right. pandemic and, and epidemic. Um. But so this was like my my first kind of experience with uh, with the world of queerness was seeing people, uh, you know, get bullied to the point um, where where they did not see a future for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I say that and I mentioned that just to give context to um, when I was a teenager, I, I came out as bisexual uh, briefly, very, very briefly. Um, And I I kind of knew that it was happening and knew kind of what some of the things that I was thinking and feeling were and meant. Um, And I was out for all of like four or five months. And uh, it was a harsh environment. And uh, the world of straightness is one that is suffocating. Um, And it it, it convinced me that, no, I I wasn't really. And this is maybe the thing that, that was true to me is that I was straight. And so I went back in the closet for another five, six years Um, and went into college and started reading more um, and kind of got an interest in uh, changing who I was kind of ethically. Like I I was starting to realize, hey, these activities and these viewpoints that I have are not the best morally. Mm. Um, And I, I was starting to re-examine some of, a lot of the things that I had been taught by society and by like, the, the, the culture that I was growing up in. And part of that was uh, was realizing that um, queerness and LGBT plus folks, you know, not just had a right to exist, but, you know, that I was one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I will never forget it, uh, the first day in a uh, an elective that I took in college, which was Queer National Epics. It was uh, like a minority lit class at the U of M uh and we all had to say why we took the class and I, I said without kind of thinking like I'm here because I love reading and I love reading through things and that's how I process information and I'm starting to realize that I'm not straight I said that and I surprised myself um, and uh I had also said that I was a fan of science fiction and after the class the professor who is a lovely woman uh who was friends with Alan Ginsberg uh, she took took Back. me yeah uh, she took me aside and was like hey um, so I really want to encourage you in examining who you are and your career journey uh, and I know that you're a fan of science fiction and I want you to start reading Samuel R Delaney who is a, a gay black sci-fi author from the 50s and 60s um, and she I hand- see Jay
0: frantically writing that <laughs> <hand> down. <laughs> yeah, uh, and
2: and so she she handed me a cop. She handed me her copy of Dahlgren, uh, which is D H A L G R E N, which is a uh, a highly problematic book, um, but sure, <laughs> uh, but also one where the the main character is wrestling with his own ideas of his own sexuality in this weird sort of recursive, surreal, post apocalyptic landscape. Mm. And I read it. Uh, it's, it's a h- chonker of a book. Uh, I read it, um, it longer than the semester took. And she said, you know, get it back to me whenever you get it back to me. Um, and I finished it. And I was like, here is your book back. Thank you so much. I am bisexual. Um, <laughs> so... That, that's kind of like how how things progressed for me. Uh, and it's still, uh, you know, my queer journey is never one that is going to have an end point. So I'm always right. developing my queerness through the books that I read and then now through the, the role-playing games that I make and I play. Mm. Um, because if we rewind again, and, you know, there is no linear queer time. Uh, if we rewind back to when I was 11, uh, I had always been... Um, playing choose-your-own-adventure books with friends on the, on the playground. So I would rent uh, a check out a, a choose-your-own-adventure book from the library, and I would read it to friends. And we would have a great time. And eventually we ran through the entire catalog of the library's choose-your-own-adventure books. Uh, oh, and nice. <laughs> Uh, Rather than going, well, I guess we're not doing that anymore, I said I'm going to make my own own choose-your-own-adventure books. And so I essentially was DMing for my friends without really (laughs) knowing what role-playing games were. When I was 11, my friends introduced me to Dungeons & Dragons. The third edition had just come out that summer, uh, and Mm. we all kind of learned together and played it. All that to say is that my, my experience in queerness and my experience in role-playing games are kind of like all kind of hooked together in terms of how I think about myself and, and the kind of narratives that I tell people and, and you know how I relate to uh, kind of every, uh, things in my life that are big. So that's a very roundabout and long answer to your question. <laughs>
0: It is a podcast. Podcast Podcasts only exist to be long and roundabout, right? Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. We're only here to talk about you. Uh, Choose your own adventure books.
1: Yeah.
0: Queer, right? Yes. Like, they are gay culture, right? Do you know,
1: those were the goosebump books I read. Like, come on. (laughs)
2: Hell yeah. That
0: was the, that was like, at, at least, like, the first foray into, like, the queer fury of, no, it doesn't have to be like this. Right. I'm changing it. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, like, I don't know. I have a lot to say about, like, narrative structures. But, like, Choose Your Own Adventures, I, I don't know the person who who made them originally. And I do know that Choose Your Own Adventure as a brand is, is pretty shitty. They're very litigious and, <laughs> you know, controlling about the way that things happen. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the idea of being able to, like, revise a story or go back, like, these branching narratives is is one that, that disrupted my idea of how to tell a story um, in a lot of the same ways that, like, thinking about how, how I don't have to be straight. I don't have to do this. I don't have mm. to do that. Like, the, the way that we categorize ideas um, was shaken up.
0: <laughs> you can have <laughs> options? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, way. <where>? Choices? Right. <laughs> You can d- you
2: decide uh, how your future goes.
0: Oh, I remember I have a very bitter memory of one of the goosebumps choose your own adventures where like one of the like it was leading up to like the big boss battle mm-hmm. and the like the options were like you either go through this doorway or turn back around and the doorway was like there's pure evil behind here and i was like well i'm not going toward the pure evil i'm gonna turn around and i get to that part and it's like somebody hypnotizes you you go through the doorway and i'm like then why even give me a fucking choice Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) like at that point
1: Uh. i
0: was so mad
1: yeah
0: Reasonably this is not so. a choose your own adventure of the pure sense. I'm, I should be allowed to leave like a coward.
2: And now we see the illusion of choice, the bugbear's dilemma.
0: <laughs> mm. It's it's like uh, there's there's shows that
1: say like oh the ending depends on the audience, but then it turns out that that just means like three lines of dialogue change, and the actual ending is the same every time. And I mm-hmm. want to flip the stage, the whole the stage, mass one board at a Yes, mm. yes, mm. <laughs> the Mass
0: Effect. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: nonsense oh boy
0: uh so taylor what is something you want to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear about it again
2: yeah you can do queer shit even if you're c- like <laughs> if you're cishet you Thank can you. read queer stories you can watch queer television uh i i get you know thankfully it's not a lot but i get at least one a year someone being like okay well you've got you've written these queer games i'm straight can i play them yes mm-hmm. you the, you should absolutely play them um, not not just because I want everyone to play my games, but like it, it, if you are straight, if you think that you're straight, and you play uh, you play a queer game or you engage with queer media, and something inside of you goes, "Wow, well, this is relatable." Engage with that, investigate yeah. that. Even if at the end of that investigation you go, "Yeah, I'm still straight." Great. At least you thought about yourself. At least you explored something. Yeah. Like I, I want cishet people to engage with queer media to with the furor. The fe- like the fury, the excitement, the the um the the the, the guts, the chutzpah um, that that, <laughs> that queer people do, mm. um, and then uh, you know also that means that we get more eyes on queer projects, we get more dollars in queer wallets, we you know we get mm-hmm. uh, a platform that, that increases for all of these queer things.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I I always say about this podcast that it reaches everybody but twofold it reaches queer people to be like hey look here's other queer people here's a nice space where it's all queer people just chatting about stuff that's important to us and you can listen Mm to it's also for people who do not identify as queer Mm -hmm. to just sort of eavesdrop in on that conversation without us having to engage with them Mm -hmm. and then maybe they'll pick something up from there right like all, all queer media has that like two fold advantage. I mean, I don't want to speak for literally all queer <laughs> media, Natch, but like, you know, like, yeah. like if you are not a part of the community who created the material and like, who like that theme is around, that doesn't mean that you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it means that you can still like listen. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can still, like, listen to experiences that aren't yours.
1: Mm-hmm. It's funny that. It's a it's a great way to work on empathy. Something our society is really lacking at large, isn't it? Good <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> boy. Yeah. Gosh and golly. I've seen people so reluctant to play characters that are a different sexuality or even a different gender than theirs. And it's like, it is... We know it's not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know it's a character. <laughs> it's a game. You can... Yeah. <laughs> You're you know playing we're playing an elf. pretend, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know you're not an elf. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Done.
2: I will say that you know there's what? caveats to, like, my opinion on that when it comes to, like, broadcasted stuff. Like, if mm. there's an actual play, I don't necessarily think that, uh, you know, a man is is the best person to play uh, a woman character. Um, yes. You know, just for, in terms of representation, but then also just, like, I I don't know necessarily, unless... I don't know. My co- my thoughts on this are complex. Um,
0: There's nuances yeah, to yeah, yeah, things, yeah. it turns also. out. There's yeah. more
2: nuances when your game is going to be broadcast to an audience rather than when you're playing for your own entertainment.
1: Yes, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's taking up any kind of possible platform, mm-hmm. don't take that away from somebody. <laughs> but yeah. if you're just, like, hanging out at your kitchen table with some buds, yeah. Your, your half-orc can be gay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> your monster hunter yeah. can be queer. It's fine.
0: <laughs> it, it's like when it comes to, like, presenting media to an audience, mm-hmm. like, you always want to make sure that, like, you're considering whether you are the best person to be telling that story Yes. Yeah. like i i always bring up that like i feel like queer people should be cast in queer more uh, roles more often mm-hmm. looking at you james corden in the prom you know what the fuck you did and <laughs> i know what the fuck you did um and like people are always like well like what are you suggesting a system in which like people have to check off whether they're gay or not in order to be considered for a role and it's like no, I just need straight people to think about what they're doing for even a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm begging for introspection. Yeah. From actors from companies from everybody. I'm asking everybody to think a little bit about the consequences of what they're doing. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Well, and if we if we live in a society where queer actors are allowed to play queer roles with this, you know, and we have a, an opportunity, we have a, a pool of queer roles that is sizable. That there's not just you know one or two every year, then mm-hmm. I, I think we can get into a position where uh, where where people are approaching these roles in a healthy environment and not in because um, I think it's a, a tragedy what happened with Lee Pace uh, where he oh. was kind of like forcibly outed and mm. forcibly like had to be like hey I am not straight you know I I'm taking these roles that that are not straight and the energy around the conversation of Queer, queer actors should play queer roles is that not everyone's out and regardless of your status yeah. in the closet you should be able to take on these roles uh without mm-hmm. having to worry about you know outing yourself um and and saying you know hey here's this part of my personality especially with the the scrutiny that celebrity has um
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know and again like lee pace's situation is going to be a lot different than mine because we just have that sort of like attention and pressure on ourselves that celebrity brings uh, that a platform brings and mm-hmm. there's so much right. more expectations that are be being placed on the shoulders of queer actors or of queer athletes that are still in the closet that is really really damaging
0: yeah yeah so sis had people write that down yeah like, <laughs> take all of that and write it down.
2: Yeah. For sure.
0: (laughs) You'll figure it out. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) say caveat. Maybe don't make drag like your
1: whole personality if that's the only avenue of queerness you are going to dip your toe in because
0: that's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, So, Taylor, what is on your gay agenda?
2: Uh, My gay agenda is. That I really want people to defund police departments and move yes. that money into things that cities actually need. Uh, it seems like a very petty complaint right now, but uh, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and um, you know I, I think that there's a conversation that is already happening, and there's there's viewpoints that I'm you know I will never be able to top from people of color because I'm white right. um, about why why we should defund the police. Uh, but if you are you know white and you're hearing this and you're just like, okay, well whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like that money can go anywhere else in the city. Every complaint that you have about your city, that could be solved by not giving them not giving the police ninety percent of your budget. Mm. Um mm-hmm. so St. Paul right now uh has had multiple winter storms and every single road is covered with ice. It's not very safe. There are, you know, it is a safety hazard. There is now danger. Um uh and if we had if we had a working city budget, um maybe we, we wouldn't be in that position. So, you know, obviously there is the no-brainer question of police shouldn't be allowed to kill black people with impunity. Um, yep. But but to further that conversation, you know, you, we could put that money in places where it's needed.
0: Yeah. Especially since it's like most of the, like, people are like, oh, well, what do you do with, like, burglars and stuff? It's like, what do you think causes burglary? Right,
2: right. You have to look at the root <laughs> cause and understand, you know, the system of inequality.
1: And also, like, um, I don't know, the police are going to get their post-burglar, usually. It's like, and then what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, we give them a whole lot of money, and then they're not great at their jobs. Why do I need to avoid
1: so many potholes on this road just so they can have a tank?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They don't need a tank.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep.
2: Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, there's a huge, a a giant inappropriate amount of money that's being spent on military equipment for police officers. There is a substantially equal amount of inappropriately large sums of money paid to, you know, just do overtime for police to sit, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and do paperwork on speeding tickets, uh, to, to, you know, fuel the, the school to prison pipeline, um, that that overtime charges are are a giant part of police budgets uh and there's a system that that games that and, and police unions are taking advantage of it to a, a, a disgusting degree
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and like and like you mentioned taylor there are definitely a people with like who have said this well before we did with our white voices that are well worth investing like you can literally like google the phrase defund the police Mm -hmm. or abolish the police yes and you'll see some like incredible work being done with like very specific Mm -hmm. plans and strategies and stuff i'll just go ahead and say that abolishing the police should just be on the gay agenda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And any queer person who does not agree is just fucking fooling themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Uh, and to to further, because I always think like it's not enough to just have a plan. You also have to have a an actionable step. So I came I came prepared with this, uh, and I you know in I I have a very strong connection to the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I love it. I think it's one of the best places on earth. But it has its issues, uh, as many sure. other places. What I will say is that there are many groups working right now in uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I encourage folks uh, to look at the MPD 150, uh, which is a history of 150 years of racial inequality and justice, uh, to support groups like Reclaim the Block, Black Visions Collectives. Mm -hmm. Um, During the racial uprisings in May, uh, a native uh, center, Migizi, it's M-I-G-I-Z-I, was burned down. Um, and they are, uh, they're rebuilding, they're taking donations. So I encourage you to donate to, uh, black and indigenous voices. Um, you know, my bias is that you do it in the twin cities, but I also encourage it, you to do it, uh, wherever you live.
0: Yep. Cause the unfortunate truth is it's happening everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. So you can certainly find a local place to donate. <laughs> yes. For sure. For
2: sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I have a standing donation for, uh, for a number of, of those organizations, Um, The the one that I really encourage folks, if you have $5, go pitch it at McGeezy um, because uh, they were hit very hard and they are a a group that definitely needs it and puts it to good use. Um, And then also figuring out uh, how to incorporate the MPD learnings into your own uh, city and, and get engaged at the local level.
0: Yeah. And uh, Taylor, if you have like links and stuff that you can send over to us, we'll drop it in the description so people can check it out from there. Hell yeah. You don't even have to like (laughs) go to Google. You can just click the links. Right, exactly. No problem.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. Also, my anxiety uh, wants me to specify that obviously I know that potholes are like the teeniest, tiniest problem ever. I was trying to uh, compare the most petty problem the yeah, folks yeah. can deal with the most yes. extreme thing i could think of uh, for sure <laughs> that they yes. get yes yeah hyperbole
0: uh, if that is Hyperbola. not a necessary
1: clarification you can cut that but my anxiety was like oh no
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah for sure I, I
0: i am i am confident that people understood where your heart was Less. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so speaking of where your heart is jay oh. a game Yes,
1: hello. I am uh, Jay, your camp counselor, here with today's game. And when I make the games uh, for my gay agenda, I either put in far too much thought or none at all. Uh...
0: (laughs) Good, good.
1: And we did kind of go out of a branch today because um, honestly, just glancing at your Twitter, um, I saw your username and your lovely fish beast cover image and i was like what if we did a game about sea monsters and i'm like no no that's silly and then i went to your hio and saw the game about fishing and i was like well that's a sign we have to so yeah (laughs) i wanted to call it one fish gray fish red fish gay fish but i feel like that's not the most spot on so that's uh, that's
2: great lean into that let's do it
1: (laughs) alternate title Sea monsters um (laughs) So there's two parts to this game. First part is just an extremely low stakes trivia game where I will describe a famous sea monster from uh, media mm-hmm. um, and you identify it. And the second part is far more important because once we identify the sea monster, we have to decide um, if they are a queer icon because, as we all know, mm. monsters are often
2: <laughs> yeah, very good yeah. queer
1: icons. Um CJ is not privy to uh, the construction of these games, so you can use them as a lifeline or sounding board. Hello. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to begin, LGBTC monsters?
2: <laughs> I am absolutely ready to begin.
1: <laughs> All right. <clears throat> this veritable movie star was unleashed upon us by such hits as Clash of the Titans and that one Pirates of the Caribbean movie with Davy Jones... Uh, uh, shit, I think he is in more than one of those. But anyway, <laughs> how did such a creature of myth wrap its tentacles around such juicy rolls?
2: Is this the Kraken?
1: It is the Kraken.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think that the Kraken is... Um, I'm trying to think about this because, like, I there's one option where it's like, the, of course, the Kraken is a queer icon because <laughs> it's you know the Kraken is a monster, um, mm, right? Naturally, and then thinking about like where we see the Kraken in terms of those those media properties that you've mentioned because in Clash of the Titans it's it's someone who is who is kept up, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but kept up in Poseidon's like layer and kingdom, and then yes. unleashed uh, unleashed upon in an, in an army. Uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean I think it's like more of a force of nature Um, and so like whether you regard the, the Kraken as like a victim of an incarceral state or just like a force of nature I think definitely you know there's some queerness there because a large portion of uh, we're going to get bummed out again. A <laughs> uh, large portion of folks who are in, you know, prison are, are you know, queer or homeless people or, or people of color are disproportionately affected by that. But then again, you just, you know, if we think about the Kraken as just this pure force of nature and expression, you know, I, I think that there's something there to say, like, the, the energy of of being queer is akin to a hurricane. Um <laughs> mm. <laughs> And, yeah. and I think it, it exists in terms of of that of both of those states. And so I think, yes, absolutely, the Kraken is a queer icon. Oh, yeah.
1: I also feel like Poseidon keeping uh, the Kraken holed up and then unleashing it when he needs it is very, like, no, but I have a gay friend. Oh, no. That I will use in this argument. <laughs> <laughs> um...
2: Kraken is absolutely it's, it's, Poseidon's gay friend.
0: <laughs> it's it's the same energy as, and I'm calling myself out here, when you have like a friend who you know goes off against bigots mm. online and you tag them in a post mm-hmm. against a bigot and be like, CJ, go yell at this person, <laughs> and they're like, Alright! Yeah. So yeah. also, and this is this is my spicy take for today. Um, in parts of the Caribbean, the Kraken does eat Johnny Depp, so I'm going to say queer eyes. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: thank you. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Uh, CJ, you are the <laughs> just Kraken. just leaving it there. <laughs>
1: CJ. <laughs> CJ is the Kraken of at least uh, my Facebook circle. Uh. <laughs> All right. Are we for our next uh, sea monster? Yes. All right, I'm going to pick one at random from this list. All right. Uh, students might learn that Herman Melville's giant whale leads them to a story about dark, obsessive revenge. If they ever stop giggling about its name,
2: oh, uh, Moby Dick. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't know why I was thinking about Queequeg, and I was like, of course Queequeg's gay. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't have to. We don't even have to talk about that. Yeah.
2: Obviously, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if Moby Dick's like a queer icon. I think that there are, are there are other more more accessible. Uh, examples of queerness mm. in Moby Dick than than Moby Dick. Queequeg and Ishmael mm-hmm. are are 100% gay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes,
1: yes, yes. Less, yes. 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 I, I, I'll <laughs> take it. I've only read uh, certain excerpts from the novel, but it, it does seem weirdly erotically written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the whale itself, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah we don't claim
0: it like even (laughs) even with the name moby dick it the name still has more of that energy of like a a middle schooler who draws penises on like every surface yeah you know like not necessarily like a queer one Mm -hmm. yeah um all right
1: uh the series' most useless and arguably most maligned Pokemon evolves into this beast if you put enough time or rare candies in. Uh, It's based on the dragons of Chinese myth and was almost named Skullcracken in the American dub.
2: So if this is, I think, Gyarados, (laughs) then hold on, because... (laughs) (laughs) Let me me put my, my hat on that says the Magikarp Defender. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. I noticed in your bio, so I knew this was going to be spoiling. when I say
1: this game was inspired by your tw- your Twitter page. It was th- at least four points. Like, yeah.
2: Okay, so a hundred percent, Magikarp is the best Pokemon because it doesn't do anything. It just exists, and it's like this this weird, like, fish looking floppy motherfucker, and I. It's filled with this useless, just good for nothing energy that I really mm. admire and I love it. And every time I see it's fucking little face, I want to squish it and give it a hug and a kiss. And it bums me out so much that people are like, Oh, you Gyarados is over here. So of course that means magic useful. And it's like, things don't have to be useful to have worth. Like, let oh. me just love my weird red carp who just flops around and splashes shit. And the games that they gave him Tackle are, get him out of here. (laughs) That fish should only know Splash. It should only know Splash and it shouldn't evolve into shit. That's my Magic Carp rant.
0: In a, it's beautiful in a, in a late capitalist society that tells us that our worth lies only in what we can produce for our oppressors mm-hmm. magikarp is here to tell you that that don't mean shit yeah, absolutely. you can be completely useless and still have value God, I that love is, magikarp so
2: much
1: <laughs> that is beautiful you have convinced me i am just gonna defend gyarados a little bit not in the like oh he's badass if you do the work um more just that um, Magikarp turning into Gyarados eventually to me really resonates with the concept of like a queer person being like bullied or outcast in high school and then coming to the um, reunion looking hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm. Hell yeah. Mm. <laughs> we listen. I will say we all love a good queer queer glow up, but like if you're listening to this and you're you're feeling like hey I'm queer bullied, you don't have to be hot.
0: No, At the reunion yes. like
2: you could just be like you're amazing. The, yes. <laughs>
0: the energy is outside of attractiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it extends beyond. Yes. It's an aura. It's radiant Hell and yeah. it's everywhere. It's an aura. <laughs> that <laughs> specific
1: narrative feels <laughs> feels
0: connected to That's
1: this. That's very fair. Yes. <laughs>
0: <To me>. It's Gyarados <laughs> is the shy guy who becomes the trans woman she was meant to be. Yes.
1: Gyarados as a trans woman.
0: And you just go, step on me, please, thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know, shoot. I'm five I'm five foot one and I have a lot of heart. Good,
2: good. I'm learning a lot about you two today.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, Gyarados
1: stands, all Gyaradoses are trans now. All of them. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. All right. Uh Thin gloom and gloom off here comes H.P. Lovecraft's most famous cosmic entity. Supposedly human eyes cannot conceive the old ones, but there sure is a lot of fan art of this batentacled, winged beast. Or Laywaknaghtagin.
2: Is this Cthulhu? It sure is. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't think that Cthulhu is a queer icon. I do think that serial numbers filed off versions of Cthulhu are.
1: Bless. I, yes. I can agree with that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, although I do think co-opting Cthulhu would freak out and piss off hp lovecraft and i'm here for anything that would distress that horrible man yeah uh (laughs) but also uh, cthulhu is very anticlimactic and just gets done in by like a boat so like yeah Mm -hmm. let's just toss him away Mm -hmm. (laughs) and take Mm -hmm. the 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 good good copycats hell
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i'm here for fanfic Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. yes
1: all right um okay This shy Scottish cryptid isn't technically a sea monster, but she's great and I love her. So we'll pretend her like is the ocean for just like five seconds, okay?
2: (laughs) Is this the Loch Ness Monster? Loch Ness Monster. There we go. Uh, Yeah, absolutely a queer icon. She's great. Sits at home, doesn't want to be seen, you know, comes out once every 30 years. Perfect. You're doing great, sweetie. (laughs)
0: Love her. Love her. Loch Ness Monster is that queer person who you will never see her set foot in a bar, but she has thousands of followers (laughs) online.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: This man-eater made Spielberg a household name, made people afraid to go to the beach, and drastically contributed to anti-shark propaganda, which I will not go off about right now, but I could.
2: Is this Jaws?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I, I know from personal experience that Jay has a lot of very correct mm-hmm. feelings about Josh. I'm very pro shark. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I have a friend who is a marine biologist and she did a lot of her research uh, uh, doing sar- shark research. And just like seeing every photo of like her in like some lagoon somewhere like f- surrounded by fins. I'm like, yes, get it.
0: <laughs> oh, the dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We did it again. But is
1: Jaws a queer icon?
2: Uh, no. I think. Well, maybe. Um, it's complex. So, yeah, <laughs> Jaws is Jaws is the the queer scare movie that mm. the queer people have uh, co opted um, to being like part of the culture. Um, where it was clearly made by straight people, but also queer people are like, mm-hmm. "This is ours now." Also, don't you step foot near it ever again.
1: So what I'm getting from that is that we are long overdue for the Jaws equivalent of a Rocky horror picture show.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> I I mean I yeah.
0: <laughs> Jaws Jaws and like this might be a bit cerebral, but Jaws is. The energy of Ryan Murphy directing the prom and Boys in the Band. Mmm.
2: I need to watch mm-hmm. both of those films, but I trust you.
0: I, I, I am I am remiss to say that anybody needs to watch the prom <laughs> movie as Ryan Murphy did it so dirty. Oh, no. Everyone should trust CJ the exact amount they shouldn't trust Ryan Murphy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good.
0: I I oh god. Oh my god, what a disaster. I hated it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I won't go off, but... Uh. Alright, maybe someday I'll do an entire episode. Like, fuck it, I'm the producer. I'll do an entire My Gay Agenda episode talking about why I didn't like the pro. Hell yeah. <laughs> everyone will have to deal <laughs> with it. Live your truth. Ooh, maybe that, that could be a Patreon exclusive. Mm-hmm. Maybe.
1: We'll see. Anyway. Um, at first, you might not consider this king of monsters a sea creature, but... They did, in fact, arise from an irradiated sea to fight King Kong, Mothra, and a metal version of themselves.
2: Is this Godzilla? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Godzilla is absolutely a queer icon. I don't know why. I just know it to be true.
0: It's innate. (laughs) It's baked in. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: It just feels right. On a TikTok live yesterday, I did claim Godzilla for the non-binary lesbians. Mm. So mm-hmm. I do feel like in order to keep my brain consistent, I have to stick with that. But I would have anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I specifically use they them in that hint because I know that Godzilla only had like babies in the terrible American 2000s Matthew Broderick film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll take what I can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will decide that that one singular facet is canon. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, although I will never forgive them for making Godzilla super skinny. Yeah. Thick queer icon. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> all right. Final monster. Yes. Uh, this mysterious creature made a splash in several religious texts, especially the book of Job. Is it a whale? A crocodile? A seven-headed sea serpent? Who knows? But I've heard Taylor has some files on this behemoth on Twitter. Is this the
2: Leviathan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would not have got that if you had not referenced my Twitter <laughs> handle. So thank you. That's
1: why I, I felt I had to. Um
2: Yeah, that, so that actually references the Leviathans from Mass Effect, um, oh, because uh, before I did Game Closet and anything, I ran a Mass Effect actual play podcast that it's okay, uh, and it's called the Leviathan fair Files.
1: Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> This is a hard one, I think, to discuss the queerness of because the Leviathan is such a vague, yeah, abstract creature.
2: Yeah, I think it's a queer icon because it it, it shows us that queerness is what you make of it, um, oh. and yeah, so just like the vagueness of the the queer umbrella, there are many facets to the Leviathan. It is large. It contains multitudes.
1: Hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> might be a crocodile yeah yeah uh.
2: <laughs> does the leviathan, right, the leviathan contradict itself of course it does
1: <laughs> that's just the queer experience <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the the leviathan is that one queer person whose gender you will never clock <laughs> nobody ever will
2: hell yeah i don't think no. they know it but that's fine you're oh, doing no. great leviathan
0: this is getting more and more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. oof! <laughs> All right. I'm very satisfied with these results. Thank you so much for playing LGBTC monsters.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you so much for running this game. It was delightful
0: thank you amazing thank you so much taylor for being on the show would you like to plug anything where people can find you? oh my you?
2: goodness yes please um so uh, if you coming off the tail of uh the LGBT sea monster um folks should check out descent into midnight which is a game uh that i co-designed with a couple of friends of mine um you can find it at descent into it's a weird alien game about uh sea monsters and existence um I, I've forgotten the, the pitch. I used to be good with this pitch. Um, but yeah, it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game about alien oceans and also uh, what it means to exist. Um, it's a good game about emotion and community. Uh, you can find uh, all the, the rest of the games that I have designed uh, over at riverhousegames.itch.io. Um, in addition to this is a game about fishing, I think that folks of uh, of this show would really enjoy a game that I wrote called Hot Gay Bro Dragons. Um which
1: I, did is, <laughs> I did see that. I did see that.
2: Which is a very cute game about telling your boyfriend that you love him. Um, yeah. Uh, and if folks want to listen to that game, uh, they can check out. Uh, I was on uh, the Follow the Leader podcast, um, and they I got to play that with, uh, with one of their folks, and that was a delight. Um, I also got to play it on uh, the previous uh, guest of My Gay Agenda, Jeff Stormer, um, on Party of <gasps> Yay, One. Of Party of yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so that uh, that was a, also a delight. Um, and then uh, there's there's a lot of, of queer games that I have written, um, but Hot Gay Bro Dragons, I think, is the one that I will plug. Uh, and then again, uh, please listen to Game Closet. It's an informal chat with queer and LGBT plus folks in the RPG space. Um, every episode is a super delight. Uh, it, it's always a g- great chance to... Um, to find new folks in the, the area, um, the area, we're not physical, but, uh, that are making great games that are making, you know, queer experiences and, and talk to them. Uh, it's very fun. It's something that I'm exceedingly proud of, um and I really encourage folks uh, to go and listen and rate that and review it on iTunes just the same way that you rate and review this show on iTunes, please. Um, (laughs) I, as someone who has a podcast, I can, you know, I'll never shut up about the impact that, that ratings and reviews have. Mm. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it takes very little effort. Um, You know, every, every show that I listen to, I have rated and reviewed because it's something that I can easily do while I wait for my tea to boil in the morning. It's, Th- three button clicks. More people should do it.
0: Mm. <laughs> and it always warms our hearts, yeah. you know. Like any podcast creator, like seeing a review, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Uh, oh, I it. think. No, I was gonna say I think that's it for my, my plugs. So
1: I was just gonna say I've taken a lot of notes this episode of things <laughs> to <still> look up <laughs> later.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, If anyone wants to tweet more gay sea monsters at me, I'm uh, on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore, and I sometimes link to other social medias from there.
0: (laughs) And you can find My Gay Agenda on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, you know, the other places. And while you're there, why not, like Taylor said, drop a rating. We love it. We love to see it. Um, Tell your friends, too. All of them, whether they're queer or they're bad. Just... <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, and you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Gay Agenda Cast. Um, and, you, and if you want a little little more bonus content as a little treat, uh, like me probably ranting about how much I hate the prom, now that I've decided I'm going to do it, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> um, it's going to be on Patreon.com slash My Gay Agenda. You can join the ranks of Rachel leviathan higgins <laughs> and teeny snail and quentin j alexander and jim nolan all those
1: lovely folks thank you for joining us until next time put this in your gay agenda change the world love yourself i want to sink a pirate ship eat johnny depp uh you know <laughs> hot cracking oh, shit yeah.
2: hell yeah
0: <laughs> i can't talk right now i'm doing hot cracking shit <laughs>
2: god hell yeah
0: fuck being good i'm a bad fish (laughs) and goodbye i'm firing myself from the podcast (laughs) later and that's our gay
1: agenda
0: that's our gay agenda that's our gay agenda we just want to exist